gonna walk into my garden and tell you all about the changes I've been making this week. That's how you can hear the background noise. It's, oh, it's cold. Oh my, it's really cold. It's so hot at the weekend. We're quite near the main road, so that's why you can hear the cars. So, I have this huge rosemary bush in the growing in the corner over here. You know, this plant has just got such a strong will to live. It doesn't matter how badly you treat it. You just, just kiss its teeth at you and act as if you're not even on its radar. <laughs> I love it. And did you know that actually rosemary is a bug repellent? So I've taken some cuttings. Actually, I just ripped them off, really. Because it can take it, you know, it doesn't need to be treated gently. And I'm going to use this to protect my, um, well, what I hope is going to be my burgeoning fruit and vegetable garden. I didn't really want to uproot my flowers. So what I've done is I've put these seeds, planted them, uh, into pots for now. I've got some beautiful peonies which are just emerging now after the cold of winter. Mm, they are my absolute favourite flower in the whole world. So, you know, big and blousy and proud. It's like they're saying, mm-mm, check me out. Mm-mm, uh-huh. I got it. <laughs> These ones are dark red beauty so they're really shouting out with pride I can't wait to see them again so <clears throat> I have planted some vegetables uh, I've got beans and carrots parsnips next to the carrots um, some tomatoes and pepper loads of wild garlic mixed in with the rosemary I hope they're going to take seem to be wilting a little no they seem okay I thought they were okay so I've got lots of these garlic and rosemary to try and fight off the bugs, you know. And you know what? I started to think, actually, oh, it's too cold to stay out here. I'm going to go back inside. I started to think, all the things that I'm doing here in my garden, it's sort of a reflection of what I'm doing inside, in my heart. I was thinking about what... Lisa said the other day, these, these things shall pass, you know, this trauma that we're all going through, it won't last. And so I'm asking myself, how do I want to be when I come out of the other side? <sighs> oh, that's better. <sighs> nice and sunny in this room. I finally managed to talk to my daughter, Elizabeth. I knew something was up. You know, she's been avoiding me. Well, throughout all the three weeks, it's more than three weeks now of this lockdown. Every time I'd call, she would manage not to be there. This is a woman who's locked down in her home. How can she not be there when I call? She managed to not turn up for the family uh, video calls. So... I've been asking myself, is she somehow trying to take advantage of the chance to not have to talk to her mother? It's different. When, you, when, you, when I can't physically go over there, or she's not physically bringing the children to me. So if this is what she's doing, why? Why would she see that 
as a, a positive thing to do in her life. What am I missing here? So we managed to talk in the end. And I was right. She has been avoiding me. It turns out that she feels that she has disappointed me. My own child. I built this. This beautiful living soul with my own body. And she feels that I am ashamed of her. turns out that all these years, when I've been asking her, when is she going to build a stable career? You know, something more reliable than working in the carpet shop. Well, what I didn't realize is that she feels that she has not lived up to my, um, my Nigerian mama expectations, she said. <sighs> you know, there's this joke by a Nigerian comedian, Gina Yashere. She says, when I was pregnant, people would ask me, are you having a boy or a girl? And I would say, neither. I'm having a doctor. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. That is how we are, we Nigerians. We always want the best for our children. Well, all parents want the best for their children. It's just inbuilt in us to protect our progeny and for me growing up you know in both Nigerian and British cultures I can see the benefits of both approaches and I guess I'm starting to see the drawbacks certainly of uh, the Nigerian side you know I read the other day that Nigerians are the most highly educated ethnic group in the whole of the USA there's more masters more PhDs in, among Nigerians than in any other ethnic group in that country. And this does not surprise me, knowing my people. But at the same time, I'm now beginning to see that this creates a kind of a, a pressure cooker. It's made my child suffer. She's comparing herself to her siblings, you know. They have higher academic achievements, higher career Achievements, although I still don't understand what Emmanuel does, this social marketing. <laughs> but, you know, he went to university to get this job. So my daughter feels that I'm pushing her. I've been pushing her in this direction. She simply does not want to go. My precious baby. You know, I mean, she has a young family. How can I be expecting her to suddenly take up a new career that's going to require years of academic training. She and her husband, they've both found a way to make, uh, to make their working lives work for them and for their family, their whole family. They both work part-time and they have one whole day per week just for family time. No housework, no cooking, nothing. They have organized themselves really well. These Babies, these beautiful babies of theirs, they're going to get a much, much richer experience of family life than my husband and I could ever give to our three. You know, we 
We didn't have grandparents to look after the children as my own children have in me. So we work, work, worked ourselves to the bone. But it seems like I have not praised Elizabeth as much. I have not shown her the praise and admiration that I feel for her. Instead, I've been pushing her to do this, do that, instead of just accepting that she is on a great path for herself, for her whole family. So anyway, we had a big old heart to heart. I'm so grateful for that. And and of course, I apologize to her from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> not like not like pretty Patel. <laughs> Oh dear, I should have made a recording of my apology and sent it to her. <laughs> Foolish woman. <laughs> so, like a good gardener, I'm beginning to weed the bad things out of my life. And I'm also starting to plant new ones. So, I am now cooking regularly for my next door neighbours. And they are doing some shopping for me. It's great, actually. It's working out really well. I cook about um, three meals a week, more or less. And this week I made a lasagna. I made them some banana bread, of course. This is now a staple lockdown food. And I've also given them some delicious Nigerian jello rice, which they'd never tried before. They're Jamaican. So I've, so I've given them uh, my food and they've given me their recipe for curry goat and rice and peas. Mm, can't wait to try. Oh, and they're so sweet. They always manage to sneak in something extra into my shopping bags. A bottle of wine, a bowl of mm, divine chocolate. Mm. This is a fine arrangement. <laughs> ah, and as well as this, I've been making so many changes. It's really working out. So, two of my closest friends are now video calling. So we're back in touch face to face. One of them is a friend who I trained with, who now lives in Manchester. So how often do we get to see each other face to face? Maybe once a year, if we are lucky. More like every, I don't know, three to five years. This is really great to see the girls again. And of course, when you're video calling, you can have a whole group of us on the call. Not like when you're just telephoning. One of them even suggested the next time we do a video call, we should watch a play or a film or something at the same time. So we can talk, we can drink, wine, we can watch at the same time. <laughs> I feel like a teenager doing things like this. But you know it's great. I'm opening up to new things. So, you know, I think we should give it a go. <laughs> and another thing that I have been thinking... Maybe I should give it a go. Well, it's been nine years now since my husband George passed away. Well, I'm certainly not young, but I'm not old either. So, <laughs> let's see. You've been listening to the Co-Fight 19 podcast. Comfort was played by Peddy Pedro Knowles. <laughs>